Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Last week, during the local news, there was a segment that featured the actor Will Smith. Mr. Smith was in Savannah, Georgia, making a movie. And they had this clip of him with a net over his face. And he made this statement, I love Georgia, but you people need to do something about these bugs. He was referring to gnats. Then the interviewer interviewed a local person who just shrugged at it and said that Living in South Georgia is just a, with gnats is just a part of life. So they get in your eyes and your nose and you're going to swallow a few. If any of you ever spent a summer in Georgia, you know about gnats. They're pesty, they're worrisome, they're inconvenient. And even though they will not harm you, they do cause distraction from what you are doing, and they may even make you harm you yourself. I would like for us to keep this thought in mind as we examine the key verse. It will help us to understand exactly what Jesus was saying. Being a leadership, biblical leadership theme for the year and nature of leadership for this month, I want us to look at that from a spiritual leadership perspective. But first, I think it would be beneficial if we get an understanding of what Nats are in the context of our scripture today. Are you ready? Listen to me now. Nats or anything that leaders place more emphasis, effort, and energy on compared to the responsibility they have for leading God's people. I want to say that again. Not so anything that leaders place more emphasis, effort, and energy on compared to responsibility they have for leading God's people. They are minor, insignificant, or little matters. And in our text, it's giving too much attention to petty details of tradition while neglecting God and God's people. By way of background, the Jewish leaders, religious leaders, have been tempted to discredit Jesus all year long. Chapter 22 mentions about 
they were trying to entrap him with words. For the most part, Jesus was humble and non-confrontational. He was quiet for the most part, but all that changed in chapter 23 of Matthew's gospel. It was as if Jesus said, I had enough, enough is enough. He knew, he understood that the Jewish leaders were plotting to kill him. And that posed a problem because in the eyes of the people, most of these religious leaders were highly respected. Another point before we begin our text is the fact that the words that Jesus spoke in chapter 23 contains some of the strongest language ever used by Jesus in the entire New Testament. Now, the purpose of these intense words was not to cause the religious leaders to change, but to demonstrate or to show how far they have fallen from the God that they claim they serve. There are five strong words that I want to bring to your attention that Jesus speaks in chapter 23, which illustrate a profound emotion from Jesus. And I want to invite each of you to go home sometime this week to read chapter 23. Now, these words, number one is woe. It is used eight times by Jesus. And the word woe means sorrow for impending judgment. The second word that I want to bring to your attention is hypocrites. Jesus used it six times. It implies in the Greek language an actor on stage. Somebody just playing the role. But Jesus used a word that's seldom used in the New Testament, fools. Spiritual moron. The Greek word is actually moron. He also used the word blind four times, and this is self-obstruction of sight. It's something that someone does to blind themselves. It's right in their face, but they can't see it. Two times he called them blind guides. Guys were people to appoint to look out for something. Another two times he called them blind fools, which means they were void of sight. And another thing that's interesting, he called them snakes. One time he uses the word serpent, which is demonic, slick, and sly. But he also uses the word viper, which illustrates they were also poisoned. I want you to keep these things in mind as we review our text once again. Chapter 23, verses 1 through 3. King James rendition reads it this way. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not do ye after their works, for they say, and they do not. Hypocrisy and unbelief 
of the nation's religious leader was what motivated Jesus to say the strong message. Now notice what he said. He instructed the crowd and his disciples to acknowledge their authority. But don't follow the example. I think a good way of putting this way. Their teaching was practical, but their practice was not. Their creed was better than their conduct. And their spiritual walk was true, excuse me, their spiritual talk was true, but their spiritual walk was a lie. Our key verse brings out the heart of the issue with religious leaders to light. So let's revisit the key verse again. I'm going to go to it one more time later on. Ye blind guys, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. In the culture of the day, gnats and camels were considered unclean by the Jews. Gnats was the smallest unclean thing, while the camel was the largest. And most scholars believe the idea of straining at gnats refers to passing a wine through a sieve in an attempt to remove the gnats. The Greek word here means to filter out, but it was a process. Because as soon as they poured it out into another place, more gnats got in it. So they had to pour it out again. So they spent a lot of time straining gnats. Again, the Greek word means to filter it out. The people would go through this tedious process time and time again to rid themselves of these pesky insects. It became, and y'all hear me now, an obsession to the religious leader. And obsession. So, let's examine five nets that many Christian leaders can get obsessed with in the culture of today. Five nets. And since everybody is potential leaders, it applies to you. Number one, self-glory. Self-glory. Verse 5. But all their works they do to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the border of their government. I have to give you kind of an illustration of this. Because phylacteries were little leather pouches box that they wore on their hand that contained the Shema. Behold, Israel the Lord is one. You love him with all your heart and all that. And they would walk around with this thing. Now, a lot of times, y'all can't even see it. You don't even know it there. I got it on my hand. That's what it's supposed to wear. So what they did was enlarge it. Notice the little one was plain. This one got a little pattern to it. You can't hardly miss it when I walk around, can you? And it also said they enlarged the borders. This was the normal border that they had. They went around. It represent, the tassel represent belonging to God and that I'm a servant of God. 
But the scripture says they enlarged it. Okay? They didn't drop it like I did. They just said enlarged it. You can't miss this one. It was all to be seen of men. Number one, self-glory. Number two, exalted positions. It's all right, Patrick. Exalted positions. The Bible says they love the uttermost rooms at the feast and the chief seats in the synagogue. We got four chairs up here. We've been had some we moved in here. They basically for decoration. And the reason that we don't sit in them for that very reason, because everybody wants to be up here. Not only that, some people strive to be over here, which used to be known a lot of time at the deacon place. They sought those positions. They did everything they could when they went to a banquet to get at the head table. That was their desire. Nap number three, titles. Heard something mentioned this morning in faith development about that. Verse seven, and greeting in the marketplace to be called of men. Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ. And ye are all brethren. And call no man father upon the earth, for your father which is in heaven. Now you can miss this. You can miss this because there ain't nothing called, wrong with calling people Rabbi. Ain't nothing wrong with calling people Master. Ain't nothing wrong with calling people father. Certainly not. But the Greek language is different than what we read. Can, can I kind of break it down to you? Rabbi, in this sense, means great one. Great one. And it's equivalent to what we call today right reverend doctor. Master is equivalent to infallible teacher, or and some of you will know what I'm talking about when I say this, worshipful master. Father is not the Abba type or Pater, Papa. Father here means life giver, or, and some of you may recognize this, Holy Father. So I want you to think about it. These men really wanted these titles. They wanted to be known by their title. One of the things that bugs me, and I've experienced it ever since I've been in the ministry, is when you meet with a group of preachers in the back room where only preachers is, and there's someone you don't know, and you ask them their name, the first thing come out of their mouth, I'm Reverend Sons. I didn't ask you your title. I just want your name. Everybody in here 
is a minister. So why you got to let me know you're reverend? And the bad thing about this, for our female clergy, they feel like they got to justify themselves by letting everybody know that they are prophetess, uh, evangelist, or reverendist. Just be yourself. Let God recognize you. You ain't got to go by your title. A title ain't saved nobody yet. The fourth net, status. Neither be called master, different word. For one is your master, even Christ. Now this, this master, and once you get this now, means sovereign, omniscient God. Sovereign, omniscient God. I heard this morning when Minister Brothers was talking about no matter how you see leaders, ain't nobody got it all. Don't nobody have it all or know it all. But the implication that by these times was, I'm the only one that you can come to. I'm the one to give you life. I'm your very being. Follow me. If you ain't following me, you're going the wrong way. The last net is appearance. And we got to skip down to verse 23 to see this. This is one of Jesus' eight woes. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matter of the law, judgment or justice, mercy and faith. These you ought to have done and not leave the other undone. This is one of the clearest evidence of New Testament time. Jesus said, you ought to have done that. Now, these people were tithing on the least of stuff. Now, mint, I want you to think about mint, not in the leaves, but in a kind of a shaker. As was a spice and comma was a spice. So every time they put spice on their plate, they would throw something over their shoulder, 10% of it. Sound familiar to somebody about pouring salt somewhere? That's where it came from. So next time y'all get ready to put some pepper on your food, I want you to think about throwing 10% of it away. But tithing on the least does not exempt people from doing what is right. Jesus also told them about the tombs that they decorated, they washed up, they cleaned up. In fact, the Pharisees wouldn't let people touch them because they were the, they were the tomb of the Old Testament prophets. But clean the tomb on the outside doesn't change the decay that's on the inside. Look at verse 28. Even so, you also outward appearance. You outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. What's the bottom line? Leadership position should never be a goal 
in and of themselves, but should always be viewed as an opportunity to serve others. If you look out in that marquee, that's what it said, a servant first. We need to guard against leaders majoring on the minor. That's straightened out next. We need to guard against minoring on the major. That's swallowing the camel. Folks, don't get so bogged down and so busy about small details that we are too drained, too overloaded to deal with things that are important. Recently, I went through another health issue. And during that night in the hospital and my complications in recovery, God reinforced a truth in my heart. Life is too short to be fanning at nets. And some of you are getting stressed out, letting these children stress you out on things that don't matter. These kids are going to grow up. They're going to make their own way. Only thing you can do is just guide them and tell them. But they're going to do their own thing. Just lean on God's word that when they get old, <laughs> they ain't going to forget. I'm going to tell you a story before I end. It's something that I learned during my last battle. It's called Fisherman's Net. There was this fisherman named Dave. He'd been fishing all his life. And someone turned him on to a great fishing spot. Went out on his boat used all his sonar, and Dave spotted some on the sonar. He knew that that was a world-record bass. During the tournament, Dave had planned, I'm going to go and catch this world-record bass. But the place that he went was in a cove that had an opening behind a group of trees that very few people knew. But back behind the trees where the record bass was, was nothing but full of gnats. So as Dave prepares to get everything ready, he had it on his mind that he was going to get his gnat net or mosquito net so he go in there, he can pay full attention to catching this world record bass. So he got, took inventory, he finally was ready to go, he went back there, and sure enough, boom, he caught the bass. And he was reeling the bass in, he, everything was right, he had his mosquito net, net on, he got this big old fish to the boat, and then he recognized he had left his fishing net. He was focusing on the wrong net. He could have dealt with the gnats but he lost the fish 
because he focused on the gnats. That might be some of you today. You may be doing the same thing. You place so much emphasis on this life that you're losing out on the next. Some of you are placing so much emphasis on little things that you can't even live this life. Don't forget to focus on the right net. Because only what you do for Christ is going to last. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.